HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to the Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live to the cosmos from the backyard at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me your ears. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. It's March 27, 2012. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43. We're here on the Heritage Radio Network in uh, the back of Roberta's in Bushwick. And uh, I'm thinking about country because I got my buddy Dave Roderick here today. Hey, Jimmy. Who uh, owns Blind Tiger, but you're really a Vermont guy now, aren't you? Pretty much three quarters of the time. Hey, you've got a beard, you're hanging out, and uh, you've even got a business in Vermont. Yeah, we, um, we're starting up a, a place called the Worthy Burger, grass-fed uh, burgers from uh, local farms right around uh, the pub, and uh, craft beer. All right. We also have Christian DeBenedetti. DeBenedetti. Say nice. that three times, man. <laughs> three times. <laughs> Who's uh, one of my favorite beer writers, and uh, you're part of something new called uh, the Weekly Pint. Yeah, that's right. Weekly Pint. We just uh, launched in the end of January. Really excited about it. Um, yeah, it's basically the idea is to push you know emails out to craft beer lovers, new and converted and and old, and uh, talk about craft beer in all of its forms. And uh, so you sign up; it's free. You get emails from me twice a week, and uh, we're really, really excited. the 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 reach has been incredible. The first couple of months, I think we're across all our platforms, reaching about fifty thousand people. So it's really fun, and uh, a lot of great. Uh, fans out there like interacting and we're starting to promote events and um pour beer and do all sorts of different fun stuff how many so. people do we reach jimmy two thousand okay <laughs> two million from uk we need to, to tie in with these guys <laughs> i know weekly pint man well i mean why the weekly pint i mean is, is, is there a need for like a uh, is it a national website well you know it's everywhere i guess you know anywhere where there's craft beer culture we want to reach out to and interact with with people who love beer as much as I do. And uh, so, yeah, we're trying to cover everything at once. It's, that's a little bit of a challenge. Uh, but I, you know, I, I've faced that kind of a challenge before doing beer writing. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, the idea is short, digestible 
pieces of information on craft beer, and we're you know we're looking at uh, individual beers, beer styles, you know, food and beer pairings, uh, giant events. Uh, you know, one of the, the latest uh, topics was the Firestone Walker Invitational, which you know we're all really excited about. It's just going to be an amazing gathering out there. When is that um, again? Uh, it's uh, it's in June, and uh, I I think there's some more tickets you know available, but they're keeping it small. They're bringing in brewers. Uh, they're you know there's going to be incredible food there. It's just you know it's got all the elements of a perfect beer festival. So that's why one of the things we were enthused to write about recently. All right, and how's how are the sales on your book going? <laughs> Um, everyone here needs to buy a copy. Was that last year? Uh, okay. okay, it's it's good. Thanks for asking. Um, it came out in the end of September or September sixth, and uh, you know it's one of those things you never know what to expect when you do a publishing project. You have absolutely no idea. Uh, I went into it with really modest expectations, and I've been really really excited to see how it's going. It's it's in a fourth printing now, so um, I think that kind of blew everyone <laughs> away involved in the publishing um aspect of it so you know i'm out there doing more events um doing a a dinner tonight at dbgb and uh events down in uh, dc at pizzeria paradiso and uh at the uh what what are you doing at the events is it just speaking are you doing pairings yeah you know i mean mainly drinking beer uh that's that's uh the the real reason we like to get together but you know that keep it keep it casual but you know i talk a little bit about the book a little bit about uh, beer travel, which is one of my big motto, you know, things that I love to do and talk about. So we eat and drink, and, you know, I like to talk with people and hear where they travel for beer and recent beers they've tried that they L- love. Let's go to your book, because your book's awesome. Plug your book. You. <laughs> Tell us the name of your book. Uh, thanks. Uh, the, the Great American Ale Trail, it is a guide to beer culture across the country. So it's, you know, breweries, beer bars, festivals, uh, you know, beer you know, profiles of, of great beer uh, people, innovators. Uh, it came out six months ago, and uh, you can find it on Amazon or any independent bookstore, preferably. Um, of course, The Blind Tiger is the longest entry in the, in the book. Uh, I'm, I'm glad to say. Unfortunately, about our troubles. It seems at least we're in there. The, big, the other big story this week, the real story, is that Blind Tiger is 15 years old. Woo-hoo. And Chris O'Leary in a brewyorknewyork.com he did an interview with you, or, or did he do an interview with you? He wrote about the trials you guys went through right. in 15 years and yeah. how you guys almost didn't get open in a new location, yeah, you almost I, didn't get a license. I, I try not to remember about all yeah. that stuff. <laughs> sort of blocked it out. But uh, no. From it's the like ashes. the real, we the made real world of... Uh, yeah. Talking about real world of bars, we got, um, we've got Justin Israelson from Sycamore, which is a great bar in Brooklyn, Thank and you. Daniel Cafaro and... Uh, Benjamin Stutz from Brooklyn Homebrew, which is an hey, awesome homebrew store. Hey, guys. How are you? Hello. We're great. So now that everyone's here, uh, we can keep talking. So <laughs> we've uh, got a lot of people in this room right now. Yeah. Actually, I just wanted to ask Christian real quick, like, how much time do you spend on the road traveling? I know uh, you live in, in Portland, Portland, Oregon area. I do. I live out in the wine country outside of Portland yep. and a little farmhouse. Uh, I, <laughs> I travel a lot. I'm on the road every month, at least once or twice. Sometimes uh, this is like a, you know, a little... A chunk of time for a week, um, but I get to as many events as I can. So it was awesome to be invited here today. I'm really psyched I could, you know, come and drink beer with you guys this afternoon. What are some of the uh, trends in the Pacific Northwest going on in beer since we don't get there very much? Okay, well, um, that's a good question. There's a lot going on. As you guys, you know, you've probably all been to Portland at least once. We have 54 breweries, I think, in the city right now. So uh, it's pretty much, you know. 
throw a pint glass and you're going to hit a brewmaster. It's, it's, there's stuff going on all over the city. Right now, one of the cool things is a, a fruit beer festival shaping up at Burnside Brewing Company. Those guys are awesome. They're bringing in, I think, 25 different breweries, all making fruit beer, almost all from the, the West Coast or predominantly West Coast. So that's really cool because it's, you know, you might think, oh, IPA festival or stout festival or some major style, but they've kind of leapfrogged out to, to do an entire festival on fruit beers. All of the kegs blew last year in the first couple hours, so they, they're greatly expanding it. Uh, so I recommend people travel out to Portland for that. I think it's going to be really special. Cool. Wow. All right. What a, and uh, tell me about Vermont, because you, you have a nice section in your book about Vermont, and, and I want Dave to talk more about Vermont. Yeah, that's Dave's. Well, no, I mean, it's, uh, uh, there's a lot going on up there, and uh, a lot of great brewers in a, in a very small place, um, so they really stand out even more. Um, we've just been really lucky. I mean, in the 10 years that I've been, um, you know, that I've had a home there, it's, it's really changed quite a bit from where it was before. So, uh, we're pretty lucky. Now the whole farming element seems to be coming in, um, which is happening all, you know, all over the country, but, but particularly up there cause we have a lot of farmland and, um, growing a lot of hops now growing barley. So yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. And there was a, uh, the earthquake, I mean, earthquake, hurricane. It, it felt like an earthquake. <laughs> Tell me more. It Dave. looks Come like on. there was an earthquake. Vermont? Yeah, Hurricane, hurricane. Irene came through late August, uh, wiped out a lot of farms, a lot of buildings, a lot of roads, bridges. Uh, most of the roads and bridges are back. Um, some of the farm, I mean, most of the farms, I think, are back, too. But uh, they're, still, they're still recovering, for sure. For sure. I think you'll, you'll see, sort of, by the end of this summer, people sort of getting back on their feet, you know, once they can start farming again and and making some money but yeah it's been a tough winter i think for a lot of people what what are some of the places that you liked in vermont well you know there's so many good spots as dave points out um obviously hill farmstead is making great beer these days you know incredible stuff like pretty much everything sean hill puts in a bottle uh, i've loved and uh you know i i know they're growing really fast so that's that's really exciting um also the alchemist i understand they had some damage during the well they lost the brew pub yeah and uh, but they had just the same week that we had the hurricane, they opened up their new production facility right next to Ben and Jerry's, um, where they are making just heady topper in, in, in sixteen ounce cans. Yep. Okay. And um, and it's been doing. I mean, it's they actually doubled their fermentation capacity already, and uh, it just keeps selling out every time they they beef up production. They they sell more cans, so it's it's going really well. They. The space that they actually owned the building that where they, they were in with the brew pub. So because they couldn't put a brewery back in there, they weren't allowed to open up the restaurant because that's illegal in this country. So uh, they rented it to a friend of, of all of us, uh, this guy Chad Rich, and he opened up Prohibition Pig, which is a barbecue and 24 taps. I like the name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was originally the concept was supposed to be a distillation pub. But, you know, you go into the, the old alchemist, you have to do beer. So... But uh, it's going. It's been packed since he opened. You know, people are really excited to have it back. So, all right. And what yeah. are you doing tomorrow at Blind Tiger? Uh, we've got our 14th annual Vermont Beer and Cheese Festival. Um, I think we've got about 16 beers, uh, four from Hill Farmstead. We've got the Heady Topper on draft. Um, what time? Which do you is open? pretty rare. <laughs> I think the kegs will actually be on around one o'clock. <laughs> See you there. Uh, yeah, and uh, and then some Lawson too, which is. We haven't mentioned Sean, but Sean Lawson's doing some great stuff, too. So, All right. Well, hey, you guys can join in, too. Um, you guys, uh, 
are putting on Brooklyn Ward again for the second year. So tell us about that, because talking about Portland festivals, you know, you've got your Fruit Beer Fest. Well, we've got these awesome homebrew festivals in uh, New York City. Homebrew Alley had like over 600 entries this year. And you guys, Brooklyn Ward, what year is this now? I think it's the second year. Um, I think this is the fifth one we're doing. Fourth. Am I correct? Fourth incarnation. It's the fourth. Yeah. It's the fourth one we're doing. Um, every single one has sold out so far. Um, they go really, really well. We kind of have been changing it up every single time, um, trying to make it better and better. Um, yeah, tickets went on sale a few days ago, and they're almost sold out already. So buy them soon. Yeah, we actually uh, we we grew out, grew out of our space, so we're now at a public assembly this year. Um, but yeah, it's been excellent to see the crowd that's turned out. We actually had 125 entrants, wow. and we tasted. Uh, we actually had them this time send in their bottles, and we tasted uh, all of their beers, and we elected the top 25 to enter in, so we can make sure that there's just great beer going around. So you're gonna have just the top 25 beers, just the top yeah, 25 at this yeah. event. But it's actually they didn't have to enter in their beers. Thank you. They didn't have to enter in their beers. They could enter in whatever they wanted to enter, and the top 25 of those got picked. And now they're making. They can make the same beer or anything that they wanted to make. Wow. And then we also have our friends from the Fat Beagle that are going to pull up their truck. It's North Carolina barbecue food. So there'll be plates of, uh, of barbecue just going around that day as well. So uh, as a fest, I mean, if, if I didn't know what I was getting into, it's, is it just like a regular beer fest or is, or is there something different about It's a little bit fest? like a regular beer fest. Um, your ticket gets you a plate of food. You get to taste all... 25 of the beers um, and then you'll actually have the opportunity to judge and pick your favorite beer out of the 25 um, so there's a people's choice winner and then there's also a judge's choice um, there's a total of a thousand dollars worth of prize money and you guys are cool i mean you guys uh justin from sycamore you have like a very cool bar and, and uh very cool tell us how you did you start booking war at it was originally at your bar, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, so my partner and I, uh, Gary, um, who unfortunately can't make it today because he's about to have a baby any minute now, but um, we uh, we came up with this idea two years ago and immediately approached Ben and Danielle, and they had just, I mean, their shop had been open for probably six months or two a year at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, they loved the idea, and we just, um, we kind of started working together, and we just have all grown together, and we're now partners on this, and it's been a really fun ride. We've learned a lot from since day one. Um, why don't you tell us about your bar, which is a little different from some other bars? <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Um, so it's a flower shop and a bar, and we also have a little venue space downstairs where we do tastings, beer tastings, whiskey tastings. Um, we are also big whiskey advocates, so we have about like close to like 100 whiskeys all across the board, but primarily American. Um, so we do a ton of like just crazy whiskey tastings throughout the winter. And uh, yeah, we've got a great garden space, so it's, it's a fun place to hang out. So, w- what made you think of doing a flower shop and a bar together? Like that? Just that I'm gonna have to. That that was uh, <laughs> that's the best question. Yeah, I've right. Um, in many months. Gary's wife, Allison, and I have to say, it can take the credit for that. But um, we always wanted to keep the business open as long as possible, and we were trying to think of what would go best with beer and whiskey in our minds. Flowers. Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love and it. then uh, Ben and Danielle, you guys have Brooklyn. It's a homebrew. Tell me the name of it. There's so many Brooklyn homebrew. <laughs> Still type. can't tell the yeah. difference by now. <laughs> Brooklyn homebrew. Brooklyn homebrew. www.brooklynhomebrew. That's so hard to remember. <laughs> well, there's a lot of things that start with Brooklyn. Yeah. Let's put it that way. It's a brand now. We do. We're yeah. going on our third year now. Um, it's been really awesome so far. We're planning a little bit of expansion this year. 
um, which we'll make announcements about soon. Um, so yeah, we've had a very busy year so far. Well, tell us about the expansion. It's not top secret, yeah. right? <laughs> um, well, we just signed a lease. Um, we're mainly just trying to expand on the space that we have right now. Um, we need warehouse space just because it's really hard for us to keep up. And, you know, we do run out of stuff often and we want to sort of not run out of stuff quite as often. Um, and then we're going to start doing online sales. So hopefully hopefully we'll be a big yeah. East Coast uh, homebrew supplier. That's our, our goal anyway. And, and Ben, you said uh, before the show that you're going to have you're going to be selling 500 rhizomes. Yeah. Uh, Hop rhizomes. You know, people love. Love to grow stuff in New York, despite the challenges. So, uh, so have you had people like in the in the past um, asking you for that? Is that why you got some? Yeah, we've we've had them every year that we've been in business, but usually only several dozen, and they sell sell out in a few days. So, we found a a good source at a good price, and uh, maybe ten or fifteen different varieties of hops. Something I was going to say. Which ones do well down here in New York City? Cascade definitely does the best. Yeah, all of them. Yeah, you know that's the same in Vermont. Same, same. Yeah, it's Nugget, Cascade, and and actually most of the Sea Hops do pretty well. Yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. Centennial Columbus, Hollertau. We've had really good luck with. Really, but it was Staten Island Hollertau. A friend has a backyard just infested essentially with Hollertau hops, so he dug up some rhizomes. Mark Mark Zapp, who is here. Yeah, we know Mark Zapp. Yeah, (laughs) he brought us a a bag full of trimmings. Uh, and they do really well. They're acclimated to the environment, I guess. So, so have you been around. making some beers, um, or have you been tasting some beers that have been made with some of these hops? Like, how have they been? They were good. You did uh, Bohemian Lager? Uh, Vienna Lager Vienna turned lager. out That's really right. well. Um, they're not ideal. You know, I have a lot to learn about growing hops and the harvesting them properly. And yeah, but Oh, we had the hurricane, and the hurricane knocked all the hops off. Yeah, that's what happened yeah. to us, too. Came at the worst possible time. <laughs> I'll tell you what, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to our sponsors. Uh, thanks to greatbrewers.com. Thank you to our supporter, goodbrewseal.com. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Thanks to our sponsor, GreatBrewers.com. They bring you the beer cloud. Check it out, GreatBrewers.com. And Good Brewer Seal, you know, this summer, uh, July Good Beer Month, it's going to be our 2009, 10, 11, to a fourth summer. Uh, usually, Mayor, hopefully, Mayor Bloomberg will give we us need the, the proclamation. Yeah, we need the proclamation. And uh, there's a lot of things in the works this year, so, so check out GreatBrewerSeal.com. A lot of new things happening this year. All right, here we are with the awesome crew at Beer Sessions Radio. <laughs> and the guys from, I'm going to call you guys Brooklyn Wart because it's easier to remember. <laughs> BrooklynWart.com. You guys gave us a homebrew. What is it? I the did. first one. The, what first, was the first one, one? was uh, an English bitter, um, maybe a little bit past its prime. Um, and then the second one you're drinking now is just an oatmeal stout. 
So at, Bro- at Brooklyn Homebrew, um, you guys do classes too, don't you? We're doing classes. We've been doing them since August. Um, they've done really, really well. We've sold out almost every single one of them. Um, we do a beginner's class um, and an all-grain class. We only charge $35 for our classes. We want to keep it super affordable, and we want everybody to kind of have a chance. Um, they're pretty small classes, not too big. We do about 10 to 15 people. They last about two hours. We do them on Wednesday nights. Um, yeah, and they're they're great so far. Yeah, Kyler, um, he's the main instructor. He does an awesome job. I have to thank him for that. He's won many, many awards for his homebrew. He's He really knows what he's doing and makes it approachable. And uh, David and Bahia help him out. So, Let, let's do this. Uh, Portland versus Brooklyn. Uh-oh. Which, which has <laughs> the... Let's try to compare the homebrew scenes, because I really think that separate from craft beer culture, I think that Brooklyn has a pretty damn good homebrew scene. I would assume Portland does, too, although I have no yeah. idea. I think we're still catching up, though. They, yeah, I think they, we're still yeah. a bit behind. Well, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. You know, the, there's years, there's number of people, there's number of shops, but who's counting, really? As long as people are homebrewing, that's the important thing, you know, and trying stuff out. I do know the, the Oregon Brew Crew is a pretty awesome group of guys and uh and steinbart's the company if you ever get a chance to visit portland you've got to go to steinbart's it's the uh one of the oldest homebrew shops in the country and uh owned by a shirt tail relative of mine actually his name's john de benedetti but our our great grandfathers were brothers or something like that um but he's he's a great guy and the brew crew is really really active in helping innovate they also uh compete to do a pilot brew with widmer every year and they call it the collaborator collaborator series so that's really cool so you know but every i'm psyched to see i moved away from brooklyn two years ago when there weren't homebrew shops or or just the beginning i think of the first couple of shops so i'm super psyched to see them here now you know and it's, it's fun to come back every time i come back to new york something new and cooler is here than was before so yeah, it is actually really amazing to see. When we first did the Brooklyn Mort, we were, like, crossing our fingers to get brewers to sign up, like, let alone not even the people to arrive. But nowadays, it's like the brewers just, like, they're coming out in droves. That's great. That's yeah. I want to come to this and festival. And who's, uh, who's judging it this year? So we've got judges um, from all across the board. There's um, Justin from Beer Table. There's, uh, as far as, like, people, like, we've got, like, um, Six Point has a judge involved, Brooklyn Brewery, Barrier... Um, Kelso, um, Beercraft, um, the judge. We always let the winner from the last work come in and judge as well. Um, Mary. Mary from who, who won Elsie's. last year? Um, last year was Wait. Chris, I believe his name was Chris, Chris Leverich. Yes, Chris Leverich yeah. with his Earl Grey Wit Beer. It was yeah, actually really guy. awesome. And he's and a really awesome he's, guy. Is he, does he live in Brooklyn? He does. He lives in Bay Ridge. What? Science teacher. And then if you win, does someone get to make that beer at a commercial brewery or anything like that? We don't. That? We've sort of like uh, played around with that idea, and it's something we might consider adding in the future. Yeah. Um, it's, it would definitely, you know, up the ante a little bit, I think. But in the past, uh, I think it was the first, yeah, the first year we did it, did this, uh, the winner, um, his beer is actually, was produced at uh, Greenport Harbor that I think you had at Jimmy's, yeah. the uh, uh, Greg Greg was the winner of the very summer first season. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, he was Greg's he was non professional yeah, Greenport Harbor in yeah. North Fork. Yeah, he became an apprentice there shortly after winning, mm-hmm. and then they started producing his beer there. And now yeah. he's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So cool. Yeah. I like it's like these little you know snapshots of all these cool scenes. Yeah. 
But I want you to tell us more. Come on. Christian Benedetti. This sounds like... Weekly Pint. Tell us some stories you've written. Is this an interesting story? Would you write about First of all, yeah, that sounds like a perfect perfect kind of thing for Weekly Pint. You know, we're we're covering everything in beer culture. So, you know, I hope people will sign up. It's so easy. You just go to weeklypint.com. Hit your email address and boom, there you go. Um, we're also, you know, there's we're we're giving away tickets, we're giving away things related to the beer world, so that's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, you know, we're we're trying to cover everything from homebrew culture on up to, you know, craft beer and all of its iterations. You know, because it's it's an incredibly diverse world, as you guys know. So it's beer travel, it's you know, it's beer dinners, it's Tell everything. Tell me a story. Okay. okay, the one that's today, out now, it's like the barrel something. Today, yeah, we did barrel, barrel-aged beers today. So we, we focused on a couple of nice ones, uh, uh, the Stoic from Deschutes. Uh, you know, these beers came out in the winter of 2011, but there's still some around. And my idea is that, you know, it's not too uh, warm out yet to be drinking uh, barrel-aged beers. Uh, you, you know, I'm not ready. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not ready to see this transition into summer beers already. Like, I feel like the shelves are filling up with spring and summer beers already, and I, I'm not mentally there yet especially when it's 31 degrees, you know, in New York <laughs> this morning. So I like to, uh, I like to drink barrel-aged beers, you know, year-round, but uh, especially when it's colder out. So, you know, we fo- focus on a couple today, and, you know, we'll do something wildly different next, next uh, on Thursday. I guess we have a, uh, a focus on uh, a really exciting brewery coming up, uh, Anchorage Brewing Company up in Anchorage, which I visited from my book. And again, I was, if I was could, just about to ask you if you'd, if you'd uh, either been up to see Gabe or, or uh, we had him actually uh, via telephone. Oh, nice. And, yeah. uh, and more and more of his stuff is, is coming in the market in bottles. I, lo- I love that guy. I think his beer is fantastic. And, you know, the, visiting that brewery was one of the highlights of my entire year for the book. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see his beers getting a wider audience. And uh, the collaboration beer with Dogfish was incredible. So, yeah, uh, he'll be featured on the Weekly Pine coming up. And, uh, you know, who knows what. We're going to do twice a week and grow it as much as we possibly can and, you know, try to be like the thrillist of craft beer. Or Are you writing the stories? I'm writing everything. I mean, I've edited a couple, um, but so far I'm, I'm responsible for, for writing and editing all the content, which keeps me on my toes. <laughs> so uh, Christian knows beer. I, I will say that. Thanks. And, I, and I, I really enjoyed your book. Again, tell me the name. The Great American Ale Trail. It's on my shelf. I, I look at it when I'm thinking, oh, I might go to San Francisco. I pull out your beer, I mean your book, and I, I read through San Francisco. Yeah, there's, so. a, there's a good stained uh, copy uh, laying around at Jimmy's, I hope. so. Ours is pretty stained, too. Okay. <laughs> that was the idea. I hope people kind of, you know, and, I hope they have to buy a replacement eventually, you know. And did you, your first beer writing, was it was it for a men's journal magazine, the, the, the beer issue that they do, or had you already done a bunch of stuff before that? No. Um, th- my very first article goes back to Brewing Techniques magazine, which uh, it's just gone now, unfortunately. Some of you guys might remember it, but it was this incredible. Ben, did cool, you ever see that magazine? I did. Um, yeah, I, I think it. the publication ended... Uh, Right when I was getting into this business, so it was super familiar with it. It was so far ahead of its time. You know, a great magazine. It was published in Eugene, Oregon, and uh, great writing, really in depth articles. So my first article was about Orval back in '98, I guess. But uh, eventually moved to New York, started writing about beer for Men's Journal and a lot of other magazines. And now I work for Food and Wine and a lot of different mags. So, but there wasn't as much uh, of a of a call for beer writing in national magazines. um, You know, ten years ago or even five years ago, it's really changed. And while we're on that topic. Um, unless someone else is planning to, I want to recognize that it's Michael Jackson's birthday today. Right. Um, so we should all raise our oh, cheers to that. To well, Michael. To him, the master. Cheers. Why don't you say a few words about him, Christian? Oh, I, I've read his book. 
Oh, I mean, one of the old books. Which the one? books are amazing. I know which one. I, I think he published 16 books, um, one on whiskey and one on uh, – there was some kind of a cocktail or bar guide. Um, but, you know, I was one of the many people who was lucky enough to meet him and be influenced by him. So, you know, I miss him every day. Every time I work on a beer article, I think about him. Wow, that's brilliant. Do you guys have uh, – at Brooklyn Homebrew, do you guys have any books about beer or homebrew? Many, books? many books many about books. beer. Um, what are some of the best-selling many. ones? Like, who, what are people buying best-selling. now? Best-selling. Almost every single brewer buys uh, The Joy of Homebrewing. That's definitely the first Man. book. Charlie, almost just like... <laughs> or How to Brew, but usually it's The Joy of Homebrewing. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> I think it's because it's Charlie the orange. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Charlie Papazian. Um, we've got a lot of really good new books out uh, right now. Joshua Bernstein, who was here last week, um, we had him come in and do a little book signing, and his book's been selling pretty well. Um, his book is really good. How about that couple that did... Um, I think it was like, you know, doing all grain on your like kitchen stovetop. Yeah, we sell their book, and that, that book one? is fantastic, actually. Yeah, um, what was that called again? What is it called? It's, it's Will, called Beercraft. That's it. Will yeah, Bostwick. Yeah, Will, yeah, Will yeah. Bostwick, and I can't remember her name, I actually bought that book um, and, and used it. It's a Excuse really me, good uh, book. Producer, what's the name of that book? Beercraft? Yeah, it's Beercraft. Beercraft. Yeah, Jesse Rymill. Jesse Rymill. That's Jesse the lady's Rymel name. Jesse Rymill and Will Boss. Yes. Yeah. Beercraft. Um, and it is a great book, and I've still not had the opportunity to actually tell them that I think it's a great book, so I hope they're listening tonight. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of one-gallon brewers in the city now, so we always direct them towards that book because it's it's extremely educational and just very well put together. Yeah, very easy to read. Yeah, very easy to out. read. Mm-hmm. So at, at the Brooklyn Wharf that's coming up, um, is it more just individuals represented, or, or are many of them also part of like homebrew clubs? Because I know there's a huge explosion of homebrew clubs just in the city. That's oh, what I'm trying yeah. to pit Brooklyn against Portland, because maybe we're going to have a, a you know a East versus West Coast smackdown. Smack you know, come on! <laughs> oh yeah, that, think big, guys. There have we need been, more uh, beer first. There has been talk about um, even an East Coast uh, homebrewers association, almost just because they feel underrepresented, I guess, but. More than that, I think there's just the natural rivalry between the West Coast and the East Coast, and you know, East Coast brewers want to flex their muscle. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of crossover. A lot of the competitors, uh, I know their beers that they got them into the Brooklyn Wurt in the qualifying round. I I know they won awards with them in Homebrew Alley. Um, you know, some people go to the Homebrewers Guild meetings, uh, the Brooklyn Bruisers, Malted Barley Appreciation Society. Uh, they may just go to the, the homebrewers meetup at uh, beer table on Mondays, uh, the last month, last Monday of every month, I believe. Um, and there seems to be more clubs kind of popping up. Does all the a time. club meet at Sycamore? A club does not meet at Sycamore. No. no. But if you go back to the SmackDown, the one thing that we are actually working on is we're gonna after this Brooklyn Mort, we're actually working on a Manhattan Mort. So we're trying to get all the boroughs involved, and hopefully we can grow it to like a Brooklyn Mort, a Manhattan Mort, a Queens Mort, Staten Island Mort. And then that's when the smack sound starts beginning. All right. Until we're covered with warts. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Homebrewing. When is yeah. that, uh, the wart again, the Brooklyn wart? It's on April 28th. And April 28th. Yeah, I was, of course, I was going to invite you guys. You guys are more than welcome to come. We'd love to have you. So we can exchange information. It sounds really cool. Oh, yeah. sweet. All right. We're going to take a short break. Uh, before we do that, don't cut off yet. Thanks to uh, com And uh, Beer Sessions Radio is a media sponsor for Brook- Brooklyn Wharf. Yes, there. So. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. You know you make me want to shout.
welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm here with Dave Broderick from Blind Tiger. Actually, Jimmy, i got to give a quick shout-out to um, uh, one of the beers we have in tomorrow's event, uh, Vermont Beer and Cheese, was made by Justin uh, Park, and he just had a baby girl, him and his wife, Corinne, or not wife, girlfriend, they're not married yet, um, and named Annabelle, and one of the beers that he made is, is named Annabelle. Actually, it was named, they didn't know it was a boy or a girl, so they called, the beer was Annabelle so Remy. who is this guy? Those were the two <laughs> names. He's, a, he's the farmer brewer that I was talking about, who's going to be in growing Vermont. grain in Vermont. And they just had uh, a baby girl yesterday morning. Congratulations. Are they going to yeah. be malting grains or just yeah, they're going to be malting? Nope. They're gonna, in fact, awesome. he, he went to the grain conference. They, we have an annual grain and hops conference up in uh, Vermont through UVM. And uh, he went to that this year. And he's, he's already got uh, 10 acres tilled. And Great. he's going to start doing it. Yeah. And he's, he's already figuring out the whole. He met the woman from uh, Valley Malt. Yeah. Yeah. We Hadley. sell their products, actually. Yeah. So really? he's sort of been talking yeah, to her. Yeah. Wow. So how did you guys get started anyways? I mean, you have like a very cool store. Danielle, you're a home brewer? I'm a home brewer, yes. Were you a home brewer before you had the store? I was store? a chef before the store. <laughs> so t- tell us how you got started. Give uh, us a little we bit about Danielle. We were both Daniel. chefs for a very long time, about I think eight years or so. It's not that long, I guess, really. I guess, well, it seemed like forever. In the forever. scheme of things. <laughs> uh, so we were chefs for a long time. We both went to school to be chefs. Um, we brewed while we were chefs, just kind of as a hobby on the side. and um, Moved to New York and... There wasn't anything, there was nowhere here to buy ingredients, so we'd always just order online, and we were both a little tired of working in kitchens, and it can be exhausting, and, you know, we kind of wanted to own our own place, that was really what we wanted. And yeah, we were kind of envious of uh, Justin at Beer Table. Yeah, we, Justin we had just opened bar. a Beer Table, and we loved it, I, and I still love Beer Table, it's still like my favorite bar in the city, I think, by far, um, and yeah, it was just not easy to get bank loans at that time at all there was no way we were going to get money to open a restaurant yeah, or a we bar. were we were broke because we yeah. worked in kitchens because <laughs> we, so. ki- we were chefs so we had no money um so we decided to try a homebrew shop and we started super super small in our apartment and we were just selling uh yeast at first um you know we sold off our first uh batch of yeast that we got within a week or two and you know that was almost it was almost like an investment for us and it helped us to you know slowly very slowly grow and six months after being in our apartment and pretty much building a full store in our apartment um we then signed a lease on a space and opened in the guanas we never could have done it if there wasn't you know already a thriving homebrew scene here like there were homebrewers here they just kind of were hiding they weren't out in the open because there wasn't a, a a local source i think so they all just really supported us from the start and it made it very easy to to grow quickly so it, it was funny in the in the mid nineties. There were a couple of homebrew shops. Mm-hmm. I think in Manhattan there was one up by Rock Center. A little shop mm-hmm. of hops. Yep. Was in the village, I think. Right. Yep. And then and then there was something down um, on Spring Street too, like a winemaking slash homebrew shop. And then they all just sort of disappeared. Yeah. yeah. And there I think was Manhattan nothing for a while. Are just out too of much. control. And I mean, even Brooklyn rents can be out of control. But we were in the Gowanus, and rent is it was cheap. I think it'll. You know, quickly, it's quickly changing. Uh, how, how many square feet is the store? We only have a thousand, which is why we're expanding. Um, it's not enough room for a homebrew shop. Everybody else in the country has a lot more room, <laughs> um, which is why their stores are usually much bigger. But um, you know, we make it work. We get fresh products every week, which I guess is a good thing that we turn our products over really quickly. But um, you know, it can be hard having to constantly refill and get pallets every single week tons and tons of pallets so and in terms of what you guys sell i mean i know there's everything for home brewers, everything all the what, equipment all what the are the main things that, that people come in for definitely equipment and definitely yeah. ingredients i mean 
you know, any regular home brewer is going to have most of the equipment other than, like, upgrades that they might make once in a while. But um, ingredients are definitely probably our biggest seller. So, Do you, do you help people with recipes? And- oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we have a lot of our own recipes. I think our own recipe catalog is at least 50 different beers now, if not more. Do, do people bring you samples and stuff of oh, stuff yeah. they've made? Yeah. Is Sometimes we get bad? too it, many samples. I was going to say, <laughs> what's that like? Sometimes it it's, good, it it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's sometimes we're just really troubleshooting, are trying you, to help mm-hmm. them figure out are maybe you what went wrong. Brutal, are you brutally honest to them? When I mean, done? you, you got to be nice yeah. and honest. We try time. not to be brutal, but we try yeah. to be honest somewhere yeah. in between. Maybe you should buy some more ingredients yeah. and try that again. And what about equipment? What's like the top equipment you sell? Glass, carboys, you know, a fermenter. Actually, uh, bottles are probably our most popular seller, I'd have to say. Anything glass that they either give away or break. Um, (laughs) We're part hardware store, part grocery store. You know, we we have a lot of plumbing parts and random pieces of hardware. Lots of trinkets. Yeah. And then from malt, do you only buy malt from Valley Malt or do you buy... No, Valley Malt is just one of the many places that we get malt from. Um, Most of them are European brands, um, Crisp and Wireman and Castle. um, And then as far as American, there's Brees and Rar. And then Valley Malt is a little bit... They're new to the uh, sort of homebrew world, at least in the past year or so. Um, And even they are so busy now that they can barely keep up with their business um, so they're expanding also this year wow. um, and what beer are we drink? so you made this beer that we're drinking yeah you guys are drinking an oatmeal stout um, very high percentage of golden naked oats um, which is just a type of malted uh, dehusked oak or oats um, naked oats yeah yep. um, they kind of taste like sunflower seeds when you eat them by themselves um, but they make beer just a little bit creamy maybe slightly nutty um, mm-hmm. and delicious. what's his what's third one Oh, it's just the first one again. We we only brought two types. Oh. We've come full circle. Actually, this bottle's a little better than the first yeah, one. Yeah, see, that's that's what's exciting about homebrewing is that you never uh, know. there's we don't have a laboratory to help you know our quality control. So sometimes one bottle is going to taste yeah, this far one's, different this one than the other good. <laughs> it tastes like an yeah. ESB. Something must have gotten into the other bottle. I need more beer. <laughs> and I came to the show that I hadn't had a beer since Saturday. Wow. And I was like, this Whoa. isn't terrible. Right. So I had a beer before I came on. Okay? In case anybody's wondering. Good good work. I wanted to ask Dave a little bit about the farm uh, brewery bill. Um, there's there's some bills going around in the Northeast. Maybe you guys know a little more about it than, than I do. But I've been seeing bills about uh, about state legislatures, you know, making it possible for farmers to – or easier – or more profitable for farmers to grow and create farm breweries. And that's super exciting to me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think I heard about the thing in Massachusetts. I don't know about, um, I don't know if there's anything in Vermont. I know we have like an enterprise bill, like a farming enterprise, but it's not specifically aimed at, uh, I mean, brewing is part of it, very small part of it, but it's more just getting young farmers back on the land. Then you stuff. know about New York, right? Yeah, there was uh, one in New York that was just introduced. I think it was introduced by Chuck Schumer, um, who I met when I was a little kid. Uh, (laughs) And it's essentially just, it would state that anybody who buys um, New York State grains can have a brewery, essentially a farm brewery, Um, which I I think is becoming popular all over the country. I think New York's going to be the leader in that way. The, The big thing is that if you buy New York State grains and hops, you can actually sell retail. Yep. At a farmer's market. Yep, and then the too. green market, which is in New York, which is higher standards, if you actually grow your own grains and hops, you know, I think it's 50% now, then you can actually sell your 
beer at the green markets, which is a, the prime market in mm-hmm. New York. So, you know, it's uh, it's great. You know, there should definitely be. I think that more. I think the trend will be more. We did an event called Farm Plus Beer Expo this spring. I think that more uh, breweries will be buying. You know. At least in New York, you know, grains and hops that are grown here. And, and, there's, and there's a potential for that. It's, it's really going to help the state. And I think the beers will be better, too. Yeah, I mean, New York used to be the biggest producer of hops in the country, you know, back in the 1800s. Yeah, I think all they need is more things. Like, they need uh, another really good malt facility. Right. You know? The malting is a big question, isn't it? Um, there's a guy out in, in Oregon in the Willamette Valley named Zach Christensen um, who is starting a little micro-maltings, which is great. Because, we have, of course, we have hop country out there in the Willamette Valley and, and incredible stands of, of hops. And, and, uh, and winter barley grows really well in the Willamette Valley. So um, this guy's – we're really excited to see his pro- progress so we can start getting some you know, malted grains right out of the Willamette Valley too. Yeah, I think there's like three small, you know, like valley um, valley malt size maltsters in the country now. One in Colorado, maybe that one, and then uh-huh. and then the one in Hadley. Yeah, I mean it's it's amazing. I mean it's like the building block of beer. Do you guys think there'd be a, a huge market if if there were more malt facilities making more local grains? I definitely, I think so. Uh, our customers really want valley malt uh, barley, but because they're small and they also service a lot of great breweries you know it's hard for them to keep up with demand but i think even uh politicians like chuck schumer uh, they're recognizing that it's one of the few american industries that's is growing as a manufacturing industry whereas so many other ones are being sent elsewhere um you know it's a great source of revenue it's uh you know creates jobs it's it's one of the people want local malt yeah They, they would like that definitely Cool. And what about Sycamore? What do you got? You guys, or, other than organizing Broken Ward, um, are you are you tight with the beer community? You- I would I would say so. Yeah, um, all of our good friends that we are talking about ideas with are all involved in this community. Um, from from Ben and Danielle to our friends at Barrier to whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I mean we are we're very into just beer from everywhere from around the world, craft beer in the states and so forth. So. We aren't. Unfortunately, we're not. We're not brewers. We've tried a few times, and we're not really proud of what we've come out with. And we've tried. To, we've tried to share with some people, and they weren't that proud either. <laughs> so uh, we 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 let it. We leave it to the professionals. Nowhere to go but up. Yeah, how, exactly. <laughs> since you've organized Brooklyn, War, how hard would it be to organize a like a Brooklyn versus Portland? You know, it could be a small scale thing, some type of homebrew uh, off Christian, event. Well, we should talk with Christian. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I, the guys are all good natured. I'm sure they'd be up for the challenge. So, you know, I we think, should figure I think it out. Beer sessions could throw a hundred dollars into that or something. <laughs> <laughs> We're good for that. I would like to do that. That would be fun. Then we'd have to go to Portland, and Portland can come here. You know, well, yeah. Maybe so we meet in like a middle ground, like the Blind Tiger or something like that, or, or yeah, Chicago, yeah. South Dakota. <laughs> Manhattan's the middle ground between Brooklyn and Portland. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'd rather go out to Portland. I think that'd be fun. That might be fun. Pretty nice in the summertime, I'll tell you what. Pretty Maybe the, the the weekly pint will do something. Okay, let's do this. Your favorite beer from the weekend, Dave Broderick. Uh, Double Galaxy, Hill Farmstead. Okay. I've been drinking a lot of the Crossroads IPA this week. I was at my parents' house on the Alabama border, so I drank lots of Guinness because there were weren't a lot of options down there but it was great um the nugget nectar just came out and it's tasting really good yeah. this year uh i'm liking the the stoic the deschutes barrel aged quad that uh put in the weekly pint today 
All right. And I had a Barrier Brewing is going to expand, so I think I have one more delivery coming this week before they shut down. They're going to get a little bigger. They're going to go from one barrel system to five barrel <laughs> system. I, I, I had their beer, the Craven Red. It's like a it's like a light Belgian red ale. It's nice. It was really good. I drank that all weekend. <laughs> Hell yeah! I thought you didn't. I thought you didn't drink this weekend. Well, through Saturday. Oh, okay. Come on. <laughs> I'm back. Don't worry. <laughs> All right, well, there's some more cool events coming up, too. Um, we're going to be good buddies with the Brewers Association, which uh, kind of supports all the, the different breweries. Do you have anything to say about the Brewers Association, Christian? I think they're, they're great. You know, they've been supporting everything I've worked on for a long time, and uh, I'm really looking forward to, to their big events coming up this summer, the CBC in, in May in San Diego, and then, of course, uh, the 31st uh, Great American Beer Festival. That's going to be a hell of a good time. One of their annual events is, have you ever been to Savor? Savor? No, Savor, yeah. No, I haven't. Savor. But I just saw that the tickets went on sale. So uh. yeah, so It's an American craft beer and food experience. It's Friday, June 8th, and Saturday, June 9th at the National Building Museum in Washington, D.C. So go check it out. Sa- Savor? <laughs> Savor. But Brewers Association is really important. I mean, you know, it's uh, one reason we have such a great craft beer industry and the craft brewers conference is that what it's called yep yes. coming yeah. up there's so many things to learn about <laughs> yeah. but i would say also you know check out check out all these things about beer but check out weekly pint check out brooklyn wart check out goodbrewseal.com check out greatbrewers.com there's some good beer seal events coming up uh thursday march 28th trogues brewery has a night at the bronx alehouse check out our brothers in the bronx founders night at bar great harry on tuesday april 3rd Great beers, including the Kentucky Breakfast Stout. And Friday, April 6th, our friends at the Double Windsor have the Brewery Night. And uh, that's one of our favorite breweries from California. I'd like to thank our sponsors at greatbrewers.com have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Beer Sessions Radio is supported by the Good Beer Seal, goodbrewseal.com. Thanks to Dave, Christian, Danielle, Ben, and Justin for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Jack Inslee and Brie O'Connor, and guest coordinator, Brett Thompson. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. Casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song is more to the point. Roll out the barrel and lend me. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date Whiskey news and information. Thanks for listening. Too much. Vodka puts my mouth in gear. This little refrain should help me explain as a matter of...